Climbers, I came here to do two things. Drink coffee and share killer advice for aspiring songwriting pros like you. And I'm all out of coffee. Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. We are here to transform your way of thinking and help move you from the way things used to work in the old music business, the way they work in the new music business. It's all different, and you need to know how it works. That's why we called it the Climb, Creating Leverage in the Music Business, CLIMB. It's genius. That's a Baxter name from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones last year on Southern Gospel. And what I love about him, this man here, this dude right in front of me, man, he's going to teach you how to be a pro by revealing how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then get the most important piece of the equation when you're competitive, start to create relationships and get you in front of the pros. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D, even though the world could use a few more of them. <laughs> I don't know about that. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. Good to see you, brother. Just excited to dive into this and, and hopefully help with songwriters. And I, I'll tell you up front, though, I lied. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. I'm not all out of coffee. I just watched the cold <laughs> intro. We're going to get some more killer advice. That's what this episode's about. Just some more right. like fundamental stuff that you need to know. Right. So if you listen to episode 291, which was uh, share some advice to aspiring songwriting pros, had too much to fit into one episode. So we're going to give you some more. We're going to give you some more today. Hopefully it's going to help you on your climb, on your music business journey, and help you get where you want to go. That's what we're Love doing. it. Love mm-hmm. it, love it, love it. Well, let's take care of a little business first. Hey, we need some competitive artists to send in their song and be a part of the video content challenge. Guys, charge money for this on consultations, right? <laughs> and now you can do it for free and be a part of the show. And the, you know, and- you're going to need more than a music video. You're going to need more than a lyric video. So free consultation and free promotion because we share it around and it's on social. We share it on social media. You're single, right? So Thank like you. instead of paying Johnny for a session, which is well worth it and a value, why don't you just go get it yeah. for free and get some free promo thrown in? And forget about the album cycle. Okay, there is mm-hmm. no album cycle anymore because we don't have a tyranny of space like we did on playlists on radio. So if, if it's a song that's been out that you think should have gotten some more attention and you've already got a video for it, great. There's so much more we can do, which we just proved in the episode with Matt Bailey, where I already had like half of that content not only mm-hmm. thought up, but literally shot yeah. and in post, right? But we came up with so much more that was just brilliant to help promote that song. So guys, send your song. It needs to be an artist track, not a song demo. It needs to be an artist track that you've got on Spotify or that's going to be on Spotify. 
And again, don't worry if you've already done the music video and a lyric video, because we're just going to add more promo content to that. We're talking about, you know, little 30 second pieces of promo that are mm. going to push this. Send that stuff to info at daredevilproduction.com. Production is singular. There is no S. And put BCC or video content challenge in the subject line. And we're going to get you on the show. And, man, we're going to send you off with a lot of homework, but you're going to have a really clear idea on some cool stuff that you can use that is going to provide beneficial content that is going to move the needle for you, period, end of story, okay? That's right. As always, we're super stoked to be a part of the American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. If you found us on the podcast network because we're one of 15 shows, I believe, on there, welcome to the climb. Mm -hmm. If you're a longtime climber, go check out some of those other shows. They're amazing. And, I mean, there's a lot to learn on those other podcasts, to be sure. So do that. Join the climb community. It's facebook.com forward slash the climb community. This is an ever-growing music community of singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians. Lots going on, lots of activity going on. Co-writes being hooked up, promotional tricks and little hacks being traded back and forth, information being traded back and forth. I mean, this is a resource you want to be a part of. You know, you have to mm -hmm. ask to be let in. We let everybody in. And also, we allow you to stroke yourself a little bit, right? We're uh -huh. like, hey, we got a place for you to put your gigs. We got a place for you to talk about your wins right now. Mm -hmm. So what are some new wins we got going on? Just That's right. So every Wednesday is Wednesday, right? We have post our new heights segment in the climb community on Facebook. And so we encourage you to celebrate your wins with us so we can celebrate with you so it, it's it's a fun time it's a party so i'm just going to share a few of these will ganell name familiar to the podcast says three cool things my title harley's over heartaches was used in the 100th episode of the song title challenge with guest writers blue foley and stefan mork on board with brent baxter and johnny dwinnell amazing loved all the angles if you guys want to jump in and make it happen let's go oh look at that little invitation there I sent in two songs for the Gary Chapman pitch and also performed them at church this past Sunday to very positive reviews. So it's been a blessed week. So thank you, Will. Thanks for sending that fun song. So that's episode yeah, 100 you. of the uh, song title challenge. Let's see here. We got a couple more. We got Johnny Matt music said, I'm starting to do more co-writing. Had a great co-write last night, finished two verses and a chorus. So love that Johnny starting to stretch his legs a little bit, get out there and step out and write with some folks. And that's cool for him. And let's see, James Kelso, we'll finish with this one. There are more. There are more wins we have time to go into, thankfully. James Kelso said, I get to open for a well-known Christian artist named Jason Gray on September 29th. It's a small venue of 250, so it'll be a packed house. I'm really looking forward to it. So congratulations to James, to Johnny, to Will, everybody else that has wins. And keep on climbing. We love it. Love that. Love yes. that. Well, you know, I'll put this in the climb community, too. I just, we've been so... Busy with this Nashville Nights International Songwriting Festival in Denmark. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving for that on Monday. I will be back before this episode drops. So, <laughs> yeah. but we are going to be the de facto correspondent for American Songwriter Magazine mm -hmm. covering this whole thing as well. So we've been doing the digital marketing, but also we have some other duties over there, which is nice. And man, we're going to have a boatload of really cool interviews from every one of those writers and every one of those artists blues already got it lined up. So I'm super, super stoked about that. So awesome. You know what? That benefits all of us climbers. So I love that. Finally, Hey, leave a rating and review and subscribe to the podcast or follow it depending on what platform you're on. And 
tell somebody about it. That's the most important thing. You guys spend all this time with us every week. A lot of you binge this show when you first started coming on to it. That's only because you're finding some kind of value to it because your time is extremely valuable. And we understand that. We appreciate that. We're grateful for that. Tell a friend. Tell somebody else, hey, there's a lot going on here. Even if you don't like podcasts, check this out because you're going to have a couple of epiphanies, a couple aha moments, and we're going to up your game. That's, that's, what we're right. trying, that's what we're here for, right? Up. Climb. Up. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. So what don't we know? I mean, we got a lot from that episode 291. Yep, 291. I'm not going to go back and spoil that for you because I want you to listen to it. So I'm not even going to give you the bullet points because you need to listen to it and Dig into it. But on this one, we got five more. So we're gonna see how much of this we can get through in our time. First thing is, and this is stuff I've learned through success and failure. Experience is what you get right after you need it. So some of it's from experience that way, like, oh, I wish I'd known this, you know, five years ago, six years ago, 15 years ago. So I'm gonna share you some some of that stuff with you now so you don't have to look back and go, I wish I'd known that. I'm getting mm. to you as fast as I can. So, all right. First thing is you want to choose your song ideas carefully. Now, this one we talk a lot about on the show. So if you're new to the climb, welcome. But this is important to us. So you don't want to just write the first idea that pops into your head or the first one that your co-writer throws out. We don't want to have analysis paralysis, right? There's that thing of it's got to be so perfect. It's got to be just the right thing. And you spend you know five hours wearing out your, your co-writer just to find the idea. Then you're both hating life at the end of it. So it's not analysis paralysis, but you want to try to write the best idea that you can that you can find, the best idea suited to help you achieve your goals. So if you want to dig into that, just listen to any of our really 100-plus episodes of Song Title Challenge because yep. we've done 100 episodes of that, and it used to be just like a pullout in the middle of other episodes. So my goodness, we've done well over 100 titles on this thing, and they're all geared at showing you how to dig deeper into your title. And have fun doing it, like with a co-writer. Yeah. And this yeah. stuff works, y'all. Like I have a cut coming out in Canada that later this month, so I'll, I'll be able to tell you about it when it's all official and everything's out, but I've heard the cut. It was one that was like a 1,000 or 2,000 titles ago. I think it was like 2,000 titles ago. And I'm doing my personal song title challenge, trying to find you the best 2, angle. titles ago in your hookbook? In right? my hookbook, yeah. So this yeah. is like old, years old. Pulled it back out. Try to find the best angle for it that is appropriate for the artist, the, the market. Brought it to the artist. He loved it. We wrote it. It got cut, and it's going to come out. Probably might be out about the time this drops. I'm not sure yet. But stuff works. You want to find the best idea that you can. I can look at all of my outside cuts and go, boy, those are little different ideas. That's not the standard same old, same old. I sat in a room with a hit writer, and this was like on my first publishing deal. It was not long after Monday Morning Church was out, and so I got to get in the room with this big shot, and it was really cool. I was thankful to be there and uh, probably not quite ready to be there because he's like, what you got? Because he didn't need me to write his ideas. He could do that really well himself, and his wall speaks to that. So, But he's like, what you got? I'm like, well, I got this idea. Okay, well, what else you got? I got this idea. What else you got? And just nothing blue was blowing wind up his skirt that day that I had. I didn't have a great hook or idea or thing. He's like, man, we need one of those Monday morning church ideas. I'm like, I got one. I wrote it. I'm not sure if I have another one. And, you know, that day was, I wouldn't say it was a fail. It wasn't a lose. It was a learn. It was a learning experience about, man, Mm. you got to come in as the junior writer, as any writer in a room, come in with the best idea that you can. 
and just choosing your ideas carefully. It's fun. We're having a good time here. But also, it's like, this is your business, or you hope it's going to be your business. So it's like Tom Brady enjoys throwing the football, but he's also very intentional about tr- trying to throw the open guy. Right. <laughs> you know, Tom's not going out there going, you know, the Cowboys just kicked a field goal. We're down by one with a minute 40 to go. I just love throwing the football. So I'm just going to throw the football around. <laughs> no, he's like, I'm going to Gronk again. Yeah. yeah. And again, for, we're recording this tonight after the NFL kickoff, and that's exactly what happened. And he's like, I'm going to throw the open guy and get us in field goal range. I noticed he threw a lot of balls just right out of bounds, right there toward the end. If it wasn't open, he wasn't taking a sack, and he was not going to throw it into traffic. It was like out of bounds, out of bounds, out of bounds, which was choosing his spots carefully. So nothing bad happened in that sense. So that's right. anyway, We harp on this a lot, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on this. But, man, your song ideas matter. The angles for your titles matter. I mean, your angle and your idea that you wrap around your title might even be more important than the title. You know? Yeah. And and both matter. Both matter. But, man, that idea. I'm going to back that up because that's kind of the purpose, I think. And I've never thought about it this way until you said what you said. But that's the purpose of the hot take on song title challenge. Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, this is the most boring title ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Until the angle and the story that you write makes it the most profound title ever. I mean, yeah. the dance, what the F yeah, is like, that? Uh, okay. Just as a song title, forget about the song. What does that mean? Like what, you know, what yesterday, yeah. what, yeah, what, those titles are very simple titles, but mm. this is not like an incredible song title where you're winning before you're spinning. But right. then you hear that song and you're like, oh my God, that's because of the angle. Yeah. Because it's of like, the oh, if you process. do it like that, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And I'm talking about not even the lyrics at this point. I'm talking mm. about the angle that mm. was so good that turned into the lyrics. You know, yeah. I think about the request. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's like that, that one that we did where, okay, this might be the most lame. It's like, it's so broad. It's just, it's so like, there's nothing there really until you put something in it. I was telling Michael Salakuse, who is Mm -hmm. a writer buddy of mine that I wanted to invite on to do a song title challenge with us. And I, I told him about the request. And, and then I said, I told him the spin that we did, which if you haven't heard that episode, we made it like some country artist that's in the grind, right? Like mm-hmm. playing every night on tour, packed house on a Saturday, gets a $20 bill and a request in the tip jar, goes down to look at it, picks it up, and it's from his wife. Right? Yeah. That's like, I want you to come home. Like such a different angle and now it's such an interesting story mm-hmm. and it's so heartfelt and so many people can relate to it that makes that title have much more weight you know yeah. so this this exercise is so very important and one other thing i'm going to add before we move on is just that you to kind of piggyback your story your sort of learn story was you only get one chance to make a first impression yeah you know I think the rest of that story, Brent, is that you never rode with that guy again. Am I right? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. I was a little embarrassed to go try to track that down again. There are other places I go. I didn't, I didn't force the issue. Yeah. So, you know what? It's like, I don't care what level you're at. You know, if you're writing with a group of writers in your 
faded map dot. Mm-hmm. It, it like coming in more prepared like that. You're just going to set the tone for a. First of all, it's going to be way more fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's going to be more exciting. You get to walk and, in with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now you're going to be. Wow. Now you're really going to be pumped and you're, and you're just going to dictate the outcome of that writing session much more. You have much more control over that than you mm-hmm. would if you just kind of come in with your head up your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, I was looking back to some old man versus row episodes uh, that I'm getting ready to put on songwriting pro website. And one of them was like, had a co-write with an artist coming up and first co-write kind of a blind date kind of thing. And boy, I was putting together my ideas based on what I thought would work for them, doing the research on the artist and all that stuff. And then there was a follow-up episode uh, where it was like, well, we didn't use any of those, <laughs> but I still got them for <laughs> next time. You know, cause my, like my buddy Neil came in with a great idea and we ran with that one, but I got to yeah. walk in confidently as I could going, I brought stuff. I did my due diligence. I did my professional business. I'm ready. And I might've thrown one or two out. I don't remember. But Neil had one that was great that the artist loved. And we ran with that. And it's like, and the good news is I still got all those titles, those ideas for next time. So I'm prepared. Yeah. It wasn't wasted at all. Uh, and it got me thinking of the mindset of that artist. Talk about titles versus ideas. Some titles are like just a, a very plain glass. Mm-hmm. It could hold anything. Mm-hmm. Now, if you put an amazing drink in there, that glass is a lot more interesting. Like the drink is a is a very different experience whether or not you have lukewarm tap water in there or yeah. oh what's that stuff you're drinking lately? The smoky smoked old fashions. Smoked yep. old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very different experience than lukewarm yes, tap is. water. Yes, it is. You know, it could be fun. the same title. And am I putting the smoked old fashioned in there or am I putting lukewarm tap water in mm-hmm. there? Yeah. You know a craft cocktail. Or some city water. City water. <laughs> yeah. Not even fresh spring water. City water. That's right. City water tastes like a, a swimming pool. Exactly. So your ideas matter. You want to choose them carefully. You don't want to get analysis paralysis and refuse to write anything until you have the dance. But get after it and pay attention to your titles. All right. So that's yep. point one. Ready for point two? Yep. You want to be patient but not lazy. All right. So you have a long journey ahead of you. You need to pace yourself so you don't like burn out or get too frustrated too early, but you do have to be persistent. So it's a balancing act. You, you know, you don't want to fool yourself into thinking you're being patient when you're just being lazy. You can't only wait for good things to come to you. You do have to get out there and work. So it's a balancing act and you have to know yourself and there's no, it is a long journey. <laughs> Excuse me. And so I was I had a coaching client the other day. We we're talking about, you know, she's wanting to make the leap from her day job into full time writing and everything and to see what she can do because she's kind of burned out on her job. And it's like, I want to go do this. How can I do this? I'm like, well, let's talk about, you know, fi- for one thing, like financial realities, like how much how much rope do you have? You know, how much of a yeah. platform do you have a lifeboat? You know, you got to build it for the long haul. And and some people, you know, dive in and they. And this person has going to be have a spouse with a good income. Let's put it that way. So they can exist on the other person's income. All right, that's great. It's also dangerous, <laughs> you know, because it's hard to go out and fight the bear for the, for the food if you're not that hungry. Yeah. And so it'd be really easy if you're in a, a comfortable circumstance with your day job or your spouse's job or whatever to 
to be like, I'm just being patient. Uh, you're probably just not as hungry, not as focused yeah. when you're not as hungry. But it, so it is a balancing act of going, you know what? It's a, they call it a 10 year town, uh, Nashville. And it, it certainly is in a lot of respects. And so you can't be so impatient that you are wearing out the one publisher, you know, I got another song, got another song, got another song. Yeah, you want to listen to this? Can we meet again next week? Can we, you know, and you're so impatient that it runs people off. You don't want to yep. be that, but you don't want to be so patient. Like, oh yeah, I met with uh, Scott over at so-and-so like two years ago. I should probably call him back up. Kind of been waiting to see if he calls me, you know? Okay. There's yeah. a happy middle there. Both those are yeah. no bueno. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's right. you know, and there are ways to do this to keep yourself on track. And some people are more like spreadsheet minded than others, but uh, some things that I do just, you know, you just want to do things to keep the ball moving. Keep the ball moving down the down the field or down the court. Whether that's hey, I track my rights. I have you know, like I have the wall calendar where I track the days I write, and I can see it on my calendar. And I track the days that I have ten touches for my you know, write, record, access, and pitch. You know, I have color, different color markers going through this big wall calendar, so I know I can just look over there right now and go, okay, I put green on there for right, and I see I see a good amount of green. Okay. Oh, that's good. You know, if I look up there and go, oh boy, I don't see any green on there. Well, I guess I won't be making any green either. So, <laughs> oh, there we go. Be mindful of that and go, how can I kind of hold myself accountable? And there's a mindset aspect to that too, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I remember, I don't know if it was a consultation or it might have been an email that that we, we might have made a show out of it. I can't remember. But I, th I think there was like this writer dude from like Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, you just, you know, I can't find any good writers around where I am. No. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you live in a city. Like, <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and I remember like, uh, you know, because let me tell you where, where your co-writes are going to be. Let me tell you where your connections are going to be on the scene in your area yeah. you know wherever that is it's on the scene and two things are absolutely true the cream always rises to the top mm -hmm. you know so if you got skills and you get in there skills and mindset you're you're going to have the imposter syndrome let me save you the suspense mm -hmm. it's going to feel uncomfortable you're going to feel like a little too salesy or whatever because uh, they're not coming to you you're going to them but if you just go and hang out and watch these artists play and stuff man there's other people in that industry that are going to be there i mean i grew up in delvin wisconsin that was five thousand people at the time it's now blossomed to i think eight thousand nice so uh, there's elkhorn wisconsin there's clinton wisconsin there's lake geneva wisconsin there's williams bay there's like these little towns that are all around there and it didn't take me long to learn who all the players were in those towns. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was probably in and out of several different bands in high school. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know what? The cream rises to the top and like the five best guys are like, you know what? We're in three different bands. You know, we should consolidate and be like awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing that happened, like, for instance, with Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam used to be Mother Love Bone. Mother Love Bone used to be two really, really good bands that were super popular. Malfunction and the Green River, I think, was the name of the band or something. Mm -hmm. That combined to make a super group called Mother Love Bone, who, and this is the this is the band that like Nirvana 
went and saw Kurt Cobain worshipped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in the clubs and everything like that. And then the singer died and they go and they get Eddie Vedder. Now they're Pearl Jam. But they're on the scene. you got to be on the scene. You know, yeah. you have to make time to be on the scene and you're going to meet these people. And then and then you're going to find out where the hustles and the hangouts are, you yeah. know? And, and you just got to... You you got to do it though. You got to go be a part of it. You know. I mean, I mean, I was in Little Rock, which is not Nashville, New York, or L.A. It's not Philadelphia. It's not Little Rock. That's a, that's a subject to two different songs, and I don't think they were great. Like, <laughs> oh no, there's some, there's some. Oh, it not maybe not talking about great right. about Little Rock, but yeah, the the songs are great. Little Rock by Colin Yeah, Ray. no, songs are great, oh, but if it's just like a, little things past are little going rock. up here in Little Rock. Yeah, Little mm. Pass, Little Rock. Uh, yeah. I'll even claim Reeb with Little Rock, even though it didn't have anything to do with the, the city. Little Rock, I think I'm going to have to slip you off. Take a chance yeah. tonight and untie the knot. There's more to life than what I got. Mm-mm, little Rock. Anyway, so there wasn't a whole lot going on there, but you know, I got into the little the one writer's night that I heard of. Got my buddy Tim in there, which is the one co-writer I had. He's from high school. I went out with his sister a couple times. He's three years younger than me. And, you know, we wrote, I got him in the one that's above stars guitars, one writer's night, met a couple guys who were trying to start a publishing company out of, out of Little Rock. And, and so they, good finds good. They liked the songs. They liked us. We started hanging out and they told me about this girl named Aaron Enderlin. You know, mm-hmm. they took me to Nashville for uh, my first like publisher meeting in Nashville because they knew somebody. And I don't know what they're up to now, but I know what Aaron's up to. I know what we got up to is writing a top five hit in Little mm-hmm. Rock. You know, well, she's actually outside of Little Rock in a smaller town called Conway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, it's they kind of lost the thread a little bit on that. But yeah, wherever you are, yeah. and that's like before, and no one pre internet, but it's like, before like reverb nation and all these great yeah. places you can go and find people and connect. It doesn't really matter so much where you are. So, and I guess my point just, yeah, just got to have that attitude of you've got to go get it, you know, because you're yeah. talking about like, you know, have balancing that job mm-hmm. and, and what to do with all that. Well, none of that's going to work if you're not actively out there trying to meet people and, and get in the groove, you know yeah. what I mean? And just go hang and be friends and, and meet like-minded people. I mean, it's that, it's that simple. You know? Oh, for sure. It's, it's, yeah. And you know, being, I call it being patiently persistent, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm being patient because I know things take a long time in this business, but I'm be persistent. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on keeping on and in a way uh, kind of divorce the, the grind from the outcome. You know, it's, they're like, okay, my job is, is the grind, is the input, is the go. And I got I to gotta work toward that outcome, but I can't be so attached to it that if it doesn't happen next week, I'm out. You got to yeah. be patient. You got to love and the I, process and the grind. I, I got one more story about that real quick, mm-hmm. just sort of like that. So, so Delavan, Wisconsin is in the Milwaukee radio market, mm-hmm. right? We're 45 minutes south of Milwaukee. And so certainly there's a band scene that's a small band scene that's going on around those towns that are like my high school played. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's my high school, yeah. my high school. Thing. And then the one 
club that was always on the radio in Milwaukee. It's gone now. I think it's a parking lot now, but it used to be called T.A. Burns, right? Mm -hmm. This was the the AAA club in Milwaukee. This is the club that the national acts would come through. It had two stages, upstairs and downstairs. And that was like our dream gig to get into that club because Milwaukee's like the big city, Mm -hmm. four hours away. We're in high school. And that was the one that was always on the radio. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. when you heard on the radio the most. So, of course, that's the one where, like, oh, this is where we got to be. And I guess this part of like being number one, persistent, and number two, continuing to grind to sort of back up what you said. Like, we were rehearsing, like, we were going to go out on tour tomorrow. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. because we loved playing music and being in a band and we rehearsed a lot, you know, yeah. and we got good and we had like all those best guys from all those different bands around our little area that created that little super group in our little county you know what yeah. i mean in wisconsin and then we're trying to bust in to milwaukee and i remember like we kept trying and trying and trying and finally we get this opportunity and that the owner says okay man come on up i need you for this and you know what it wasn't a booking it was a problem like somebody that was supposed to open for this band bailed last minute can you come in and do this and i said yes we could and our bass player screwed the pooch was down in chicago the south side of chicago his girlfriend didn't tell anybody and literally we got screwed and i remember being so pissed you know like i wanted to choke him out because he was always the guy that was like ride or die (laughs) you know what i mean and i'm like were you talking about the band or your girl? Like, what is the deal? You know, like, dude, don't yokel me right away. We're only in high school. And, but that ended up being like, you know, God has a plan. The universe is always as it should be. You know, he had a, you know, mea culpa, thousand Paul. I'm so sorry. We blew the opportunity. Well, then we got another one. And that was the one where we opened up for Hurricane Alice and, they just saw us do one show and brought us into the, the Minneapolis market and that launched us on tour. I mean, that one show did all that stuff, but that doesn't happen if we're not grinding every, mm. every week, every day, and we're prepared to take advantage of that luck. And number two, if we didn't keep trying to get into the place we needed to get into. Yeah. And number three, we didn't give up after we screwed it over the first time. Well, you're, you're being patient, but you weren't being lazy. It's like, we want to right. get into this. We want to get and into this club and it didn't happen overnight, but you yeah. were not being lazy sitting around waiting for them to call. You're, you were preparing, you were grinding, polishing, getting yeah. your chops and getting ready for that opportunity. Yes. Well, the second time it came around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny, like that, that club is, is luck would have it just ended up being like the, the biggest thorn in our side uh, <laughs> because we couldn't like it just, uh, I know I've told that story before. I'm not going to go into it now, but it was, yeah, we just kept trying and trying mm. and trying and trying and trying and trying. And then finally, okay, here it is. We got our opportunity. Then we blew it. We're like, no. And then, yeah. but you know what? It's like, we wouldn't have been doing that just straight up if we didn't just, it wasn't that we loved the idea of being in a band. No, we had to be in a band. We had to yeah. play. We had to. We did it because we loved it. You know what I mean? And that's the difference. And as long as you're doing that, then that's going to get you past the inevitable imposter syndrome and fear right. uh, of doing that. So there you go. True story. All right. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. 
Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Climbers, do you have a groundbreaking song that the world needs to hear? Enter your song today in American Songwriters 2021 Song Contest to win $10,000 promotion across American Songwriter and a co-publishing deal with Live by Live. Get your songs in front of the contest judges who are also number one artists like Paul Stanley from Kiss. I love that. Vance Joy and Martina McBride, along with top A&R executives such as the senior VP of A&R at Atlantic Records and BBR Music Group. Go to americansongwriter.com forward slash song dash contest to enter. Again, that's americansongwriter.com slash song dash contest to enter. And if you use the coupon code CLIMB, all capital letters, C-L-I-M-B, you'll save 10% on your contest entry. No reason not to do it now, guys. So choose your song ideas carefully. Be patient, but not lazy. And number three, watch your freaking money. Okay, so you want to keep a modest lifestyle. You know, this. I think, again, of this uh, coaching client I had that was going to be like, all right, I, you know, hopefully I want to quit my job. I want to go out and maybe do some other stuff, get in the music business. And, you know, my spouse is going to, you know, makes a good income. And so I'm like, okay, that's great. But it's also be careful, <laughs> all right? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, you may not be as hungry. You got to watch out about lifestyle creep. Uh, you want to keep your overhead low and your, and your lifestyle modest. Because that way, if you keep your overhead low, maybe you can take that low paying publishing deal or that, you know, um, you want to save your money for when you're between publishing deals. So like uh, the way I like to think of the music business is, you know, you've heard that phrase is feast or famine. Mm-hmm. Uh, music business is really more mostly fast or famine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's how you survive. You treat it like it's fast or famine. You know, that's it's, right. you want to keep that overhead low because that's the thing is like, you're, you're, you're blessed. If you get the, if you get the highs, if you get the feast, uh, you're human. If you get, the lows and the famine, that's going to happen. That's inevitable. That's where you start. That's probably where you're going to end. And how yeah. do you ride out the in-between so you can get that beginning and end as far <laughs> away from each other as possible? And, you know, your, your overhead, man, you can write yourself into the business and then you can house yourself right out of it. You know, people yeah. get a mistake, they get a hit house and 
boy, then they can't keep it up. And but they've become accustomed to this lifestyle that you know they got that they got that one hit and they got a hit lifestyle and the other hit didn't come and then they're looking for another job because they want to keep the, you know they got a house with a pool and they really want to keep it or they have that day job before before they get into business and then it's really hard to leave that day job because very few people just step out into a lucrative music industry you know it's kind yeah. of starting over at the bottom. And so that's one thing when I was in Little Rock, speaking of Little Rock again, I was working at all telecommunications. So it was like a cell phone company. And I was, you know, khaki ant farm, right? Doing the cubicle jungle thing. And I wasn't busting my butt to try and get raises and all that stuff. Cause I'm like, I don't want a gilded cage. For one thing, I, I don't care that much about this job really to bust my butt. Like I was busting it to do a good job when I was there, you know? But I'm like, this is not a career path for me. Like, I'm not trying to. And I was a little scared of it because the more money I made, the harder it was going to be to leave it. Yeah. You know, then I have nicer things or a nicer car, or better apartment or a house. And then it's just like, it gets harder to go, okay, I'm going to take the leap. Yeah. Right. And so you just want to think about that. If you're, if you're looking at making the switch, one thing is like, okay, how do I get good at uh, there's a Tim Ferriss. So the guy that wrote the four hour work week and four hour body mm-hmm. and Tim Ferriss podcast, all this stuff. I'm, Johnny, I know you know who he is, but oh yeah, uh, he said every once in a while, he likes to practice poverty. <laughs> oh. And so what he'll do is like for a week or whatever, he'll be like, I have like one outfit or I can mm. only the kind of the rice and beans kind of thing. And then Tim makes good money and, but he'll do certain things to, practice poverty and be like, okay, I can do this for a while, you know, just to know he can do it and, and to not get so, I guess, kind of spoiled uh, with the yeah. material things that he has available to him as a successful business person. Well, that's funny that you mentioned Ferris because one of the things I was thinking, like, just you have to have a modicum of business sense on this. For sure. And the business sense is anathema to um, what they try to sell in the magazines and how it looks and how you probably think it is, right? Uh-huh. Like the reality of what you think it is. But from a, uh, it was Tim Ferriss that was like, uh, you know, uh, that I picked this up on that uh, we haven't gotten this far at Daredevil yet, but we are, I'm trying as hard as we can. But, uh, you know, on a business level, he wants seven or eight months of overhead in the bank. Yeah. You know? That came from him. Like, and yeah. so that's just, you know, knowing it's not that the rain is, if the rainy day is going to come, it's going to come. Right. You know, and are you prepared for it? And then the second thing is um, these decisions can make or break in the entertainment industry. I just think of a specific situation that my buddy, my late buddy, Marco Tool told me about when he managed a band called Dream Theater, like this progressive metal band. It was oh, like yeah. really good. And when they came out, so first of all, they all got day jobs, but they also have like a major label record deal. Mm-hmm. The record drops, and now they have a choice. They've got X amount of tour support from the record label because the record label thinks that we can make this happen. So they had a choice. They could go with the dream and get the tour bus, mm-hmm. and they were going to be out on, they were going to be able to afford to be out on the road for six weeks, or you downgrade and go to the Winnebago. Mm-hmm. Not as glamorous, but way less expensive. Right. And you can be out on the road for 12 weeks. And O'Toole, being the consummate businessman that he was, you know, talked to guys in like, look, just do this right. Give the single some time and do the, please do the Winnebago. Please. And they said, okay, we'll do the Winnebago. Yeah. Single breaks in eight weeks. 
There you go. Eight weeks. There mm-hmm. it is. Right. If they had blown their was that tour pull support, me under? that was pull me under. I that remember was the that. Single. That's right. Yeah. Good dude. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I listened to a little bit of Dream Theater back in the day. Oh my god, dude! I, I mean, I love that band, and I, but there it, it there it was. Like if they if they had blown the tour support, they're off the road now. They have two weeks of dark time. All the energy comes out, mm-hmm. all, you know, in the label, and they're, oh, I don't know, and who knows? Maybe they pull that single and put it somewhere else because it didn't work, and we don't have a band supporting the tour. So why am I going to? Yeah. I've got other bands I can put in that slot. Do you see how all that works, you guys? So it's, it's you know, you've always got to remember it's your money and it's always your money. I don't care if somebody, it's always your money and you got to treat it like it's mm-hmm. your money. And if you do that, you're going to make better decisions. Yeah, it, it gives you more leash. It gives you more runway. It gives you a bigger lifeboat. It's like, you know, I've told my wife, we've made certain decisions as a family. And this is like before, well, like for myself, when I was single and, and riding, it's like, I don't, what is my nice truck? It's writing songs every day. What's my nice mm-hmm. house? It's writing songs every day. What's mm-hmm. my vacation? It's when I go to the music row and freaking write songs every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's important? If you love it and you love the grind, what else do I need? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Preach. man, it, and so I, my Emily and I had this conversation, you know, when we got married and stuff and, and she worked for a while, but when we had kids, it's like, okay, well, this is important for us to stay home and full-time mom it. And it's like, all right, well, we're paying a financial price for that. You know, it's like, okay, well, just remember, you know, like you staying home, that's your nice vacation. <laughs> you staying home with the kids that you want to, well, that's some of these other nicer things that we could have. We're getting this instead. We're choosing this over those other things because of something we want, something that's important to us. Um, yeah. You know, and so... And by hold on, yeah. by the way, that's intentional, right? Oh, like, yeah. if if it, my point being like intentional in thought between mm-hmm. you and between M, right? If you guys don't have that talk and make that deal, not only with each other but with yourselves, mm-hmm. then it's easy to all of a sudden get caught up in the current of, well, we don't have a big vacation or we don't have a nicer car or we. And you're oh my gosh, all my friends on Instagram are at Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's like when you are saying, okay, this is what we're choosing over this, then there is a discernible, this is the bed we made, now we're going to lay in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and if it has to change, then that requires another conversation and another set of decisions. But you're not lament, you're not foggy, you're very clear, yeah. and you're not lamenting something that you shouldn't be lamenting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're not getting confused in there. So that's a big deal. It a is. I mean, it's it's music business. If you don't have money, you can't play. Meaning if you don't have money, you got to go to work somewhere or you can't yeah. leave that work somewhere because of your lifestyle. It's like, okay, what kind of lifestyle do you want? Now, hopefully you get the option of doing all that. Hopefully you, you live skinny. You like Dave Ramsey says, you know, right now I'm going to live like no one else. So later I can live like no one else, you know, and, <laughs> uh, you know, that's what you, your mindset you have to have with the music business. Now I want you to have the option of, of doing the ridiculous house and all that stuff later on, if that's what you choose to do, you know, but it's not going to become an option from the music business. If you don't, if you don't clamp down, control your spending, get on a budget and because you know what it's like, oh my gosh, uh, I wrote this song, but I can't demo it. 
why can't you demo it? I don't have the money. Why don't you have the money? Well, it, maybe it's because you, I don't know, whatever. I got the new, I got the new video game that just came out, or I spent, you know, I have all these different subscriptions to this, all these streaming channels, and blah 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 blah. And they're like, wow, that's a like a demo. Like every month, I'm paying on these other things. Okay, well, yeah. that's your choice. Yeah. That's yeah. your choice. You know. But it's That's up your to bed you. you made. Now you got a lie in it. Yeah, it's like, what are your priorities? <laughs> Don't complain about it. Don't yeah. complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something to think about going, okay, if a demo costs, and there are different ranges on this, but that might be an interesting thought experiment to go, okay, if it, you know, um, a demo costs, you know, uh, 400 bucks, whatever. And look, th- and if you're having trouble paying for demos, just go look through and see where you can, can you find 400 bucks and other things? Would you rather have that demo than, I don't know, Disney Plus? Would you rather have that demo yeah. than whatever? And to start looking at it in terms of you know, you're spending like, oh, wow, I'm spending four demos on this each month. Maybe I can just cut it down yeah. to spending three demos yeah. on this this month. <laughs> that way I can turn one of those demos into an actual demo. I don't need a $600 a month car payment and $300 in car insurance. Yeah. I can do uh, two demos. I have a two-demo car payment. Hmm. Ooh. Mm, that's interesting. It's okay. You change your monetary exchanges in terms of demos. How much is the electricity bill? Oh, it's a fifth of a demo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, so you want to watch your money. Um, number four here is you want to write with a future focus. So country music of today is not the country music of the 2000s or the 1990s. Uh, what is considered commercial evolves. If you don't pay attention, you'll look up from your guitar one day and realize that everything you're writing sounds dated. Uh, I've had publishers say before, you can write yourself into this business and you can write yourself right back out of it. Meaning mm-hmm. you write great stuff, it get, helps you get into the business, but then you stagnate and you don't change and you don't adapt. And guess what? The songs you're writing are writing you right back out of the business. And yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, Tim Nichols has come up on the podcast several times and Craig Wiseman has, has come up before. Like people that stay relevant for a long period of time. It's not by accident. You know, they pay attention to what's going on. And that's a different skill set than songwriting. That's a, a mental awareness. It is. Set. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's one of the reasons I enjoyed doing like a couple of weeks ago, we did the um, broke down the top five of the country chart. And I just dove yeah. into those more than I normally would. I've heard all those songs a bunch, but just like kind of breaking them down and going, Oh wow. These are all like less than three minutes, except for one of them or whatever. That's the reason we do the artist insight reports at songwriting pro to I'm having people like add the duration onto some of those, you know, like, so we can go, (laughs) Oh my goodness, this new Billy Currington record or this new whoever record. Wow. The longest song on there is only three 30. Every, you know, the shortest one is 2.30. Wow, these songs are evolving. They're changing. They're, so got to keep up with that stuff. Of course, we told the story a hundred times on here about, you know, I would have been one of the biggest writers in the 90s. <laughs> you know, yeah, I had yeah. somebody tell me that, but it was like 2014. Not good. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> I got good news. I got bad news. The good news is, <laughs> you know, you would have been one of the biggest writers in town in the 90s. Bad news is I don't have a time machine. Yeah. there you go (laughs) yeah uh so you want to write with the future focus like i said country music pop music ccm whatever it it evolves over time it changes if you want to 
there's nothing wrong with those old styles. But you gotta, yeah. if you want to make a living doing this, if you're an aspiring songwriting pro, professional, like I make a living or at least make some money, I get some cuts, I get activity, then you need to think about what has the best chance of doing that. You know, I mean, I still write some old school stuff. My buddy Neil and I wrote this thing that, you know, we have George Strait in mind and we're like, oh, it just felt so good. It felt like a warm bath to write this thing. It's so George Strait. And we're like, oh my goodness. And Aaron knew we're going to be able to get it a valid listen. And, but if everything I write sounds like that, there's like kind of one or two places to go in town. And then maybe you can hit up Texas. But there's yeah. so much more to country music. I'm sure not going to get a Dan and Shay cut or a whoever, Cole Swindell cut, or whatever, just to sound like George Strait stuff, even though I love it, or sound like that 90s stuff. There's It evolves over time, and you need to pay attention to it. Some of that comes from writing with younger people, you know, because that's fun, just because they naturally speak a little different generational language than I do, and musically. Mm-hmm. And so if you can be open-minded, you know, then you can learn a lot from people that don't know how to write songs as well as you do, <laughs> because, you know, you've, right. you've gotten the chops, you know how to, it's kind of like the, you know, architecture and carpentry, right? Architecture is having the vision. I want to design this sort of space, this sort of house, this sort of thing that I think this people would love this. Okay. Carpentry is knowing how to make the walls straight and how to make build it where it's structurally sound and will actually do what the architect envisions. So that's why I look at with like the, the vision of the song versus the, the craft. And so sometimes younger generation, they may not have all the carpentry down. They may not know exactly how to pull up, but they, they can have a different vision of what, you know, I'm going to build this kind of house because this house is kind of hot right now. You know, yep. In this current market, this is the kind of house. Well, I don't really envision that kind of house because I grew up in 1968 Ranch, and to me, that's what a house is, and that I naturally yep. go there. But you know what? They, you know, they may be doing tiny houses. And you're like, what? Yeah, tiny houses. You don't know if tiny houses are a thing. Let me, you know. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, I can build that for sure. I just didn't know I wanted to. You know, so yeah, yeah. and it's, they might have different tastes in furniture. Too. They will totally right. have right. different well, tastes in furniture. Gonna- how they're going to, how they're going to, how they're going to tell that story. So exactly. And just go, well, this is what, you know, cause as, it's funny. It's like funny thing about, it's kind of like that Matthew McConaughey thing. Funny thing about getting older, 18 year old <laughs> artists are always 18 or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and as you get older, it's like, okay, I still have to relate to them and say something they want to say. Um, so that, you know, so it's, it's growing, it's adapting, it's, you know, it keeps it from being stale. It's fun, but you just mm-hmm. want to be mindful of it. Just like you're watching your money, you want to watch your, the commercial climate. I mean, I'm way, you know, I was right with uh, one of my interns. So I have some in, an intern that's uh, working on some demos for me, Belmont student. And so he's working some stuff out for me and, and he played me a rough of this, you know, uh, song that's in his work tape and he's playing me some, you know, some guitars, he's programmed some drums and stuff. And, and we're just talking about kind of, uh, production and we're talking, um, kind of arrangement and stuff. He's like, well, you know, there's only like two forty, So maybe I can add some stuff here or there to get it up over three. I'm like, don't talk like that. <laughs> no, it was nice. But I was like, Oh, Oh no, that's not a problem. Let me show you. He goes, you know, I think it needs to be over three. I'm like, let me pull up the chart right now. I'm like, yeah. 245, <laughs> 250, 230, 310, 315. I'm like, 
No, man. Right where it needs like, to be. We do not need filler. We don't need to drag it out just to hit some sort of magic three-minute thing. Now, if it's on the other side, if it was like 340, I'm very aware of the time. But it's like, there's really no such thing as too short if the song's yeah. complete and done. It's like... I mean, like those CCR songs, 215, 230. Yeah. Beatles songs. That's a freaking accomplishment, man. That is like... I've never written a two minute and 15 second song like that. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's like a golden ring I've never been able to grasp, but gosh darn it, if you can do that. Of course, in my day, you know, we had the 16 bar guitar solo. So it's yeah, it's different, different beast, right? <laughs> different beast. So, but that has yeah, changed over time. Yeah, like yeah. songs got really short with the, you know, or they were with like Beatles and, and you got Fogarty and then they get longer and now they're compressing it shorter again uh, in yep. general. It's, but to be aware of that. So I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't need to be writing even three and a half minute songs. Now, I'm going to complete the song. It's going to be as long as it needs to be, right? Yeah, you're going to say what you need to say. I'm going to say what I need to say because I've run songs before trying to chop them for time. Then we demoed them, and I've never pitched it. I think of one song in particular. I've never pitched it because we broke it for the clock. Mm. It's like I'm, you know, I might not have gotten cut anyway, but at least I wouldn't have wasted my publisher's money, and which is my money. Coming off recoup, just mm-hmm. for the clock. It's like we shouldn't have demoed it, or we should have just let it be what it is. It would be a better yeah. song. So, anyway, but that's just future focus. What is the kind of what's coming up? What's the market doing? Don't get stuck in the past. Do you want to build it just like you want to watch it your money so you can build it for the long haul? Be patient so you build it for the long haul. You want to write with the future focus so hopefully you can be around for the long haul and not be stagnant. There you go. All right, number uh, five here. Music is not God. So music is a wonderful companion. It's a thrilling uh, career, and it's a gift from God. But like music is not God. If you let it be an idol, if you turn it into a God, it's going to become a demon. Uh, It can break up your marriage. It can destroy you financially. It can turn you into a self-centered jerk. Hey, I can do that on my own. I don't need the help from music. (laughs) Music's an incredible thing, but it's not meant to be your everything. And this is something I've gotten into with coaching clients that I've just – and this is definitely something I've learned the hard way about balance. So much of what we talked about is balance. Find the best song ideas you can, but eventually you need to write a song. Be patient, but not lazy. Watch your money build it for the long haul, right? With the future folk, you know, that's music is not meant to be the one, you know, especially if you have a family. Like there have been times where, you know, I was looking back over some of those man versus rose. And going, wow, I got up, you know, I was up till 1130 the night before prepping for this co-write. I got up at 350 to go to Starbucks and put in my five hours. Then I went to Music Row. And then we're, you know, I was writing with the artist. Then I was meeting Ruthie Collins for guitar vocal. I was coming back at like seven something at night. And then, you know, the video ended with little, I don't know, one-year-old Ozzy, you know, with me hugging him. And, you know, it was a long day. It was an unusual day. But it's like, dadgum. Like, that's not coming back. I seen that video broke my heart. There are going to be some days like that where you, you got to go on the road. You got to pull a long one. And you know, even the video I mentioned, that, I was like, I don't do that all the time. But, uh, man, there was a lot I missed. You know, there, there have been times in my career where, you know, just out of uh, fear of desperation, trying to make something happen, I just put more and more and more hours in. And it was just causing more and more and more damage to my marriage. Emily was feeling mm-hmm. more and more less, you know? And so she was mm-hmm. jealous of the music and jealous of the music business. And 
all that stuff because it's what took me away. It's what consumed me. And so I just was not a great husband, uh, you know, for a lot. You can cheat in more ways than just physically, kind of in a way. And she felt that music was kind of my mistress. And so there's like a rivalry there. And so, you know, God's had to knock me out of that and knock me out of the business for a while. I mean, there were a few years I was mostly out to recenter me and, and thankfully, and I'm thankful for that. It sucked, but I'm thankful for it because, you know, to come back in older, wiser going, okay, you know what, if it's going to work, these are the parameters it's going to work in. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm bringing, I'm building it to bring my family with me. And so I make choices sometimes that career wise tick me off so that I can't go do something or that, you know, I have these competing interests. It's not just like, Oh, if I was single, I'd be doing that. And I'm not talking about a girl. I'm talking about like, just if I was single, I'd I'd go on the road with this person. I'd go to this thing or I'd go, I'd be out, you know, I'd live in Nashville, whatever. But you know what? I got to have my priorities. And if it's going to work, it's going to work that way. And you know what? It's working. Get to do music, yes, it is. and I'm here recording a podcast, and it's 11:20 on a Friday at the moment, uh, and I got shorts on and no shoes, and I'm hanging with my buddy Johnny, and we get to geek out about songwriting and stuff. And yeah. you know, I thank God you got shorts on. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, and a shirt. I thought you might say I got some shoes on and no shorts. Like I was like, well, that's interesting. That's that's a choice. <laughs> Somewhat of a cartoon choice, possibly. Fashion, it's a fashion choice. You're quirky <laughs> picking it over there, right? And I got too, way too many windows in this office to be, you know, walking around too much. Anyway, so but that's the thing. You you have to, you know, closing the guitar case or closing the laptop in my case can be an act of worship. You know, like I've had to build going, I, I'm going to work my butt off when I'm working. And I work hard and I do put in, I put in the hours. Um, but you know what? I, it's, time comes at the end of the day where I just got to close the laptop and go trust God with the rest. I've done what I can do because there's always more you can do. There's yeah. always more to be done. There's always more I can do to build songwriting pro or to write another song, get another co-writer in the books, go out and see somebody's show, meet somebody. Oh, this thing may happen. So I got to go just in case my FOMO, all that stuff. There's always more. Mm. And you got to, you got to have a conversation with yourself about, okay, what am I, you know, because there, man, it's all about mission creep. You know, it's like, boy, I start off with a hit and then I got my pub deal and that's fun. And it's so much fun to be on the row and to write songs. And you feel like the man, cause you got a song on the radio and people enjoy and respect your talents and your abilities. You're like, yeah, this is great. I get my ego stroked. I'm going to write music every day. This is like the life. And you know, then it, maybe you haven't had another hit for a while and you start getting, now you're showing up a little more. It's fun, but it's also a little desperate. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. put in a little more time. I'll be checking my email while I should be just like hanging out on the couch watching my wife. Why? Just in case somebody calls and they need something or somebody email or like, no, there's really nothing you can, nothing that's going to, that can't wait till the end of lost, <laughs> you know? Yep. That's right. That's and right. it's okay. <laughs> you know, and there's so many times like, why did I have my laptop open and doing so like, should just trust it just hung out with my wife. And yeah. I would have, you know, could have written less songs about, I guess, let's fight, <laughs> but it might have cost me a couple song ideas. But in the long term, it would have been so much better. Um, I love that song. Though. I love that, that song, song too. To Never could have written that song before I got married. But um, anyway, so think about what is important, what your values are, and know that this wonderful, beautiful music thing 
will expand and grow on you and crowd out everything else because it's what you love. It's your passion. It's I remember having a, a discussion with an artist that you know I'm friends with, and we're writing and had, and there was that conflict with with her husband, you know, about the music thing and and the the cost involved, like the, with time and just the energy and the emotion, all this stuff. And she was like, "Hey, I, you know, you knew I loved music when I met you, and I loved music before I met you, and I don't know all the details, but they're not married anymore." Ooh. You know, um, and I don't know, I, like I said, I don't know the details, but there was, there was a point of contention. I was like, Yikes. oh, I can so relate to that because I love music before I knew my wife. I've loved it longer mm-hmm. <laughs> than I've loved mm-hmm. Emily, but only because I, I met it. I met music first, you know, yeah. and so you do have these competing things and you have to like have be real about, OK, what are my what are my priorities? You know, what am I willing to do? What are the trade offs here? And and just be careful of that kind of slippery slide. Um, cause I've seen it with other friends before that, you know, they go to music row and they're the man, they come home and they're not the man. They're the one getting nagged or they're the one, the wife is unhappy. And, and then because they've been gone so much. And so where do you want to go? A man wants to go where he's respected. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easier for that guy to go back, back to the, the row. Music. Cause there it becomes people, a protection racket. Well, it's like a man, you know, um, what's that old Merle Haggard song? I think Caroline, where he's talking about, in this case, he's talking about cheating, but he's like, you know, sometimes a man would do it, you know, is as lonely, blah, blah, blah. But basically a man would do it every time if he's not treated right at home. You know, mm-hmm. it's that respect thing, you know. And mm-hmm. so this guy, you know, he spent more and more time away from the house because the house wasn't as pleasant and he was the man there. And he was, you know, the goat, but not like in the, the greatest of all time, you know, kind of way. Um, he was a scapegoat, you know, or whatever. They weren't getting along. And partly because he was gone so much. So what does he want to do? He wants to go back where his ego gets stroked and he feels like he's the man because he's the man. He's really good at his job. And then they're not married anymore either. You know, it's like, yep. so anyway, just be aware of that stuff. Take care. If you got a family, take care of your family. What's important. So anyway, ending on a very philosophical note, but those are my notes. Yeah. So I hope this is love helpful it, for love, y'all. Love it. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you uh, share this with a friend. Uh, join the Climb community. Just follow or subscribe to the podcast. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 